Hey everybody, welcome back this week as we walk through the Word together. And as we walk out this truth, we discover that life is produced in us and also in other people. We are walking with one another, growing together to see the life of Christ continue to manifest and birth in us and then to see it spread outside of the walls of our houses and our church building. Would you ask God to speak to you in the way that you need to hear? Because I just know God's brought everybody in this room for a special encounter with him. He loves you so much. And uh, I believe he wants to put that on display. Would you pray for me as I share the word uh, that his love will be put on display for us to not just hear about, but to experience? And so I appreciate your prayers in that. Right where you are, just ask God to talk to you. What do you need from him? Tell him the truth because he already knows. Tell him exactly from your heart what you need. Father, I'm just thankful that you have, I don't know if decided is even a good word for it, but maybe you can reshape my language, but God, it's just who you are to care enough for the people that you've created to serve them in the way they most need. And Father, if in this room there be somebody who think of you a different way, Lord, I pray that you would meet each one of us in the place of our need. Speak through uh, your vessel today. And I recognize that I'm simply a clay jar, but I'm filled with your treasure. So we stand on your word, and I pray that you would speak beyond what a human could possibly speak. And you would set captives free in the room today, God. You would heal souls, God. You would touch the body and the mind. And you would bring healing where healing is needed. And what the enemy meant for evil in many people's lives in this room, God, you intend to turn towards something good because that's how good you are. And so we come against the schemes and the lies that many enemies have brought. And I pray that those high things fall today at your truth that topples down strongholds in the mighty name of Jesus. Let it be so, Father, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you got your Bible today, we're going to turn to Galatians 3 to start. In Galatians 3, I'm going to start in verse 24, and I'm going to explain some things to us. But before I do that, I want to go back to last week because some of us missed it, okay? And last week, we had a vocabulary lesson. I told you all about my younger uh, daughter, my middle daughter. I have two daughters and two sons, and both daughters, parents, you might understand this, absolutely different humans, you know? My oldest daughter is the typical old, like the one who has got it all together. And uh, by the way, I had to do her hair the other morning and the ponytail was not in the perfect center of her head. So it was a freak out moment before school because mom was already at work and I'm alone. I don't, I don't know how to do a ponytail, you know? Dad, I just went mom to do my hair. I don't like when you do my hair. And I was like, I'm sorry, baby. I'm sorry. I'm doing the best I can, you know? 
Meanwhile, Emery's like, just like, she's like, she looks at me, she's like, Dad, I'm good. I'm beautiful. I'm like, yes, you are, baby. Good luck at school. You're going to be just fine, you know? <laughs> so different. So different. So we had a vocabulary lesson because vocabulary is my life now with a first grader. And uh, we talked about the word justification. And in this idea of justification, it's a, it's a uh, legal term. Oh, man, that was a lot heavier than I thought. Did you know if you put like a, a, a credit card in this thing, it moves? Because it's like a real scale that's balanced. And it's so heavy. It's so fascinating. Who knew? Explained it this way. The idea of justice. We live life. We have experiences. Anybody have that experience that sends you right here? And you're like, how do I fix this? Anybody? You start trying to fix it and you live life trying to fix whatever happened. Before you know it, the things you thought you were fixing add to some of the weight. Anybody know what I'm talking about in the room? Try to do it your way, try to fix the problem, try to heal a relationship, only to find out you did it wrong and you made it worse. In fact, you don't have one enemy, you have two more. Then you get over here and you're like, How do I, I'm so heavy, I just wanna fix the problem. And you get over here and you're like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn toward like just God, baby, and God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work this thing off for you. And you start working as hard as you can. You try to balance the scale of how you feel over there, but it's, it's heavy. And you're like, I'm actually getting, I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good. You know, anybody see me? I'm balancing up pretty good. Hold it. And you have these moments where you let it go and pick it up and let it go and pick it up. You don't have time for anything, do you? So internally focused, you can't hear beyond the conversation in your mind that speaks. And you know you, you're really not enough. And if people only really knew what you were like. Anybody? But then Paul describes the good news, which we're all here celebrating. We celebrate Jesus for a reason, because it's good news. It's the gospel. That's what that word means. Literally, good news proclaimed. And I pray today that each one of us might understand it's really good news. But here's the deal. Many of us have heard a gospel that was claimed to be good news that made you do this. And I'm just going to tell you, this is not good news if this is what it is. Anybody? I'm telling you, like people fly building, planes and buildings for this to balance it out. They walk, I've gone to India. They, they crawl up stairs on their bare knees, bleeding, looking for enlightenment, trying to do this. Deep meditative states to do this. And I'm just going to tell you, Christianity and Jesus is the only message that's preached that says, I'm not asking you to try to get to me. I'm going to come to you and I'm going to do everything you need. And you receive this message and I will pour blessing out upon you that you never deserve that will transform your life. It's the gospel. So when Jesus shows up and he does what he does, Paul says, Christ came and he balanced it all out. He set the record straight. Now here's an important thing to know about this analogy. If you are preached a gospel where this still isn't a reality or in view, might not be sufficient to cause what's needed to cause in here. 
That does not mean that Christ looked the other way and said there was nothing there because there was absolutely something there. But when he does what he does, he sees it in full view and he says, I won't forget it, but I'll pay for it. And when he pays for it, he said it is finished. And from that point on, it now says, this is out of my sight and I've cast them as far as the east is from the west and I will choose to remember them no more. So when God then looks at us upon our receiving of this promise, guys, it's a truth, it's a promise. It's a promise. And upon receiving a promise, the door gets open for the Holy Spirit to enter in and thus transform our life and give us all the things that we need to be transformed. Man, doesn't anybody want some, some more love in their life? Some more peace, some more patience, some more kindness? You might want to be gentle. I don't, to be honest, like, I don't want to do those things. But man, listen, you can't work hard enough to try to produce that in your life for any extended amount of time. Anybody try to go to work and be patient for a day? No, <laughs> I did too. Like, I'm gonna murder, I wanna beat them harder, you know, because I was being nice and then they hurt my feelings worse. So now it's just, it's worse, you know? That's why this message, this promise, frees us up to go into our job, not looking to try to balance anything out because you're absolutely balanced, you're set free. Now, Let's go further into what Paul is talking about. In chapter three, he explains a little bit more to us. He tells us a little bit more what the, what the law was for us, okay? Let's talk about it. Galatians three, I'm gonna start in the middle of verse 24. I'm gonna go to 29. It says, listen, the law, I'm gonna read from the New Living Translation, by the way. The law was our guardian until Christ came. Listen to this. It protected us until we could be made right with God through faith. And now that the way of faith has come, we no longer need the law as our guardian. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs. And God's promise to Abraham, listen to this, belongs to you belongs to you. I think a lot of my life, I saw God as a guardian. Anybody? Like a babysitter. That word literally means kind of like babysitter. Or if you go to the, the, the law terms, actually means like, um, what's, the, what's the word? Like where you get out of jail, but you have to like stay in custody. What's it called? The pro officer is what you got. But like, where, where do you go? Like you go to... Probation, like you, 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 you have some parameters for which you can't leave, right? For your benefit, okay, let's, for the sake of the scripture. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not a legal expert, guys. Come on now, thank you. But for your benefit, for, for your safety, we're gonna let you out, but like, we're gonna put some stipulations on it so you can't go further than you really need. And we're gonna make sure that you don't do that. So Paul's saying like, when the law comes, you kind of go into house arrest, 
but it's for your good. Because without these rules, you might just go off the rails. Then he says it this way. That worked for a time for what it was supposed to do. But he says, in Christ, you get a transformation of relationship. The law was a guardian to you, but when Jesus does what he does and we put our faith in his work, there's a transformation that happens here. But not only here, you get an identity transformation. And he says, when you were baptized into Christ and you let go of your life, you received a brand new kind of life. And he paints the picture of putting on brand new clothes. I'm always amazed at what a jacket does for your, for your vibe, you know what I mean? Like it's absolutely, oh yeah, come on now. Ooh. I mean, listen, <laughs> stop it. You walk into, uh, uh, you, go, you go eat, right? You walk in with a jacket, like people look up, transforms. You have a different persona. You're a totally different person. And I could have come up here with a t-shirt and I put a jacket on. I'm like, well, hey, look, you look nice. Why? I don't know. It's our culture. But Paul talks about this. Like when you let go of your efforts and you begin to put your faith, not in anything that you could do to accomplish it, but the promise for which he's accomplished for you. And you choose to follow him. He uses the word baptism. And you'll see a lot of people who choose to follow Jesus. Water baptism is like this, I believe is a spiritual door that you lose your life and out you walk, you get a spiritual rebirth. And I believe that comes first or I believe the Holy Spirit actually baptizes you to then move in that way. I believe they can happen either way. Moves you toward obedience. But what happens is when you choose to follow Jesus and let go of your efforts and receive his, you're baptized into brand new life. And he says, you have put on Christ now and you are a new person. Then he goes down his list. What does he list off? Take, take us back to that, that passage real quick. What does he lift off? You're no longer a, I can look at my notes if you want. There is no longer now. These are identities. There's no longer a Jew or a Gentile. You're not a slave person. You're not just a free person. You're not a, just a male. You're not a female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. I believe, guys, look at this verse for a second. I believe everyone in our culture is in search for a good identity to do this. I mean, if I could just identify with, with what would make me better, would accentuate me, would fix me. I've always had this weird feeling inside that I'm somebody different. There is a hole in us and we are in search to be made right how can we possibly do it? But if we're talking about transgender stuff, it's a hot button topic right now. There's a reason that John Hopkins refuses to do that surgery now. Because the majority of those people end up killing themselves because after they get what they thought would settle this, they find it didn't work. And they're still just as unsettled now. I've just changed my whole appearance, my whole life forever. And what am I now? In search for the identities in search to get out of poverty, to get rich, in search to, to not be in this debt, if I could just get out of debt, or if I could just have the thing and you jump into debt, you know what I mean? We're all in search for the thing that'll balance out the way we feel inside. Romans says, 
The gospel that I'm telling you today is the power of God for salvation. It literally says like prison doors open up when you receive this message and receive the fact that God offers you a blessing today and he wants to transform you to put on a brand new clothes. Not one you can make yourself, but one he offers you to come and buy freely from him through the work that he has accomplished for you. This is the good news. Now, after we've received our identity, then he talks about this. God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. What the heck is that promise? I wanna read that to you. It's in, it's in Genesis 12, where God meets Abraham, the father of this faith, and he speaks to him what he's gonna bless him with. Now listen to this. If you are in Christ, this is for you. He says this. Now that you belong to Christ, you are true children of Abraham. You are his heirs. God's promise to Abraham belongs to who? Say me. Say me. Can you say me? Say me. Me. Can I read to you what's promised to you? Listen to this. He says to Abraham, leave your country and your kindred, your father's household, and go to the land I'm going to show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I'm going to make you be a blessing. I'm going to turn you into a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. And all the families of the earth will be blessed through you. This promise is for who? Me. He's going to make you a blessing. He's going to make you a blessing. He continues on, and here's what he says in chapter 5, verse 13. He goes on after he talks about this, and he says, here's what you're made for. Do you know what you're made for? He says, for you were called to freedom. I love that word, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. So here's the idea. When you take your hands off of this, you were not made to do this. You were not made for it. And if you were trying, you will get tired and you will not do well. You probably get angry by the end of your life and you probably hate a lot of people, okay? But when you let off, you were made for this. You were made for this. You were made to trust the king. Did you know that? Fully and completely with all that you are in the garden with him. You were made for this. You were made for this freedom. So, hey, guys, what do I do with all my free time? Anybody? What do I do with it? So this last week, you want to play karate in the garage? You know what I'm saying? Like, you want to do, we could do so many activities together. He says, but listen, this freedom, I hear this word spoke a lot, but he says, hey, listen, you, you now have a call to be the blessing that you've received. And you say, man, I mean, how good is freedom then? You know what I'm saying? Now I've got to care for somebody else. But you'll find that when you step into your calling, it's what you always wanted. It's the blessing you were looking for. You were made for freedom. But what's he say? This thing keeps turning off on me. Hey, only don't use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. 
We gotta remember when we read these words about freedom, 1 Corinthians 13 says, if I give away all that I have and if I deliver my body to be burned, but I have not love, I've gained nothing. You say, isn't that serving others? But you can serve others and still have you at the center of all of that and it will be meaningless. You won't continue in that, by the way. You won't keep giving if your giving is more about you. So we've gotta recognize, Corinthians says that, also recognize, we, we also need to recall this, that the world will know us by the love that we have one for another. Man, when you walk in this place, I pray you hear a great message from the word. I, I pray uh, you hear great singing, but listen to me. There's a lot, a lot of that. I pray that when you walk in this place, you get to sense and experience Jesus' love by how these people and us, we care one for another and how we're willing to care for you. But your invitation to come care for somebody else is so powerful. And some of us are missing out on that. But see, I'm not waiting to be loved by somebody first. I am loved, so then I love somebody. I got nothing I have to wait for. I can go on the offensive. The gospel frees us to consider others better than ourselves, says Philippians 2. Not merely caring about our interests, but the interests of somebody else. You see, listen to this. Love is a fruit of the spirit, not an effort of the flesh. Love is a fruit of the spirit, not an effort of the flesh. You see, when we let go and put our faith in Jesus, we do this. The door of our heart opens and it says, then the Holy Spirit comes in through promise, receiving the promise by faith. And when you rest in his work, the fruits of your life begin to produce this through the power of the Holy Spirit, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and self-control. So if you find yourself struggling there, come back to this image in your mind and go straight back here. Be transformed by the renewing of the way that you think. God, I don't need to try to settle my life. You have settled it. So I step immediately into saying thank you. If you're saying thank you in your heart, I promise you, all those things will be being produced in your life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. But the second you're looking to be thanked or wrestling with thanking the one who saved you, you'll find all those fruits begin to just disappear. And you're like, I was really doing good. What happened to me? Come right back into this moment and step right back into realizing that you couldn't screw it up and you're just thankful that he changed your life. You can step right back in and have all that power right now. That's what's promised to us in his work. Let's keep going. 1 John 4 then says, but we must remember this. Listen, we must remember that we love because we were first loved. You can't love anybody until you receive the love of God. And when he says this, that you were made to love others, but through love, serve one another. That word serve is a beast kind of word. It actually is the root for bond servant. And in that day, a bond servant was somebody who owed a great debt and if they could pay it off, they could pay it off, but they would work all of their wages to pay off their debt. But a bondservant, when you decided, I don't wanna give you money, I wanna surrender to you my life to pay off my debt that I owe you. So you know how we use our freedom? I step into your life and I say, I'm here for you. What do you need? I actually don't need anything from you because I'm 100% taken care of. I don't have to improve my life anymore. I'm not after trying to fix me. I'm here for you. This gives us freedom to actually be there for somebody else and truly to see them as God sees them. 
Anybody else confused? (laughs) Sell my soul to someone else or sell my body to them? Sounds familiar, giving my body up to be broken for you, right? He says in Galatians 5, he says, For the whole law is fulfilled in this word. You should love your neighbor as yourself. But listen to this. If you bite and devour one another, watch out that you're not consumed by one another. So many of us, we say, here's, hey, I'm going to step into your life, okay? And we're going to call this accountability, y'all. You know what I'm saying? You ever met them? We all need that. When you step into their life, I love you enough to tell you the truth. You need to fix a few things. Anybody? I love you enough to tell you the truth, and, and absolutely true. But he gives us a warning. He says, if that's what you're after, eventually you'll find yourself biting and devouring each other because there won't be anything left of you. Because listen, we're all walking in the grace of God. And the closer we get to each other, the more we realize we all need it, don't we? I'm doing life group and I'm watching kids come in and tear up the house. You know what I'm saying? Like just wreck somebody's house. And you're like, I, I don't know that I want to believe this anymore, you know? I don't know if I believe you actually follow... Jesus, you know, you ain't training your kids up, are you? Right? Life groups all in the room are laughing because they're like, (laughs) clean up the mess, you know. But this is real. Like, this is real. We step into each other's lives on purpose, though, because this is, it forces us into looking at the gospel for what it really is. I don't just talk about it. I, I understand what it's saying because we pull each other into that experience. Let's talk the game. We step into each other's life. What's needed? And I step in and I say, what do you need? All right, let's step toward the end of this thing, okay? He finishes up Galatians in chapter two, or chapter six, sorry, chapter six, verse two. And he says, listen to this. You're free to love each other. And this is what it looks like. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law. Here's what's beautiful about this verse. You have an invitation to come bear with somebody the weight that they carry. Every one of us has that call. You know what the freedom of this verse is as well? Burdens exist in the body of Christ. You got a burden and so do I. Would you help me carry mine? Would you see my weakness and step in? Would you cover me? Would you get my back? I want to get yours too. Would you just walk alongside me? Would you endure with me? Would you, would you pick up the weight that I sometimes feel like I carry? And do you feel like you carry one? How can I serve you? Not we find the problem. We say, you know what? Guess what? Because I see the problem, peace. Good luck with your problems, y'all. You know what I mean? I've got enough problems of my own. This is, what, this is what happens a lot in the American church today. We see the issues. We see the problems with people. And we go, oh, they're far gone. I'm, you know, I need to be around people that are not so far gone. You know what I mean? I want to encourage us into the call of love, which says we bear with one another the burden. And yeah, I might be truthful with you. I might come to you and I might say, hey, I see this in your life. But guess what? I'm going to lift the finger to help you lift it. I think we're good at sympathy, not empathy. Empathy requires us to step into the mess and say, hey, let me help you clean up. Let me help you. Let me help you. How can I help you? I'm here for you. You're not here for just me. I'm not here for me. I'm here for you. So I pray that maybe our, our 
perspective might shift. Why do you come, to, why do you come in here today? I'm coming to get something. And I think that's wonderful. I think we should. But what if the thing that we get is actually when we give? What if we get most when we give most? But yet it doesn't feel as good, you know? What if that's what we need sometimes? Then you're forced into this place when we're confronted with the challenge of it because it's challenging. It's hard. But God wants to give you the power to accomplish it. Do you know what I think holds us back from this? And I'm wrapping up with this, I promise, okay? Do you know what I think holds us back from this way of love? Is it being fearful? I'm afraid they might find me out. I'm afraid they might see my weakness. I'm afraid I might not know the answer for them, anybody? I'm afraid I'm not gonna be enough for them. I'm afraid they're gonna find out that I've actually never shared the gospel with anybody, so I don't know how to tell them. I'm supposed to set an example? All these things race in our mind. How do we do these things? How do we help people? How do we... I was reading this study that happened in the 70s. And it was a guy, he went and studied a small town and he went and found like all the, the, the way the families operated and he found that children were running the streets in the 70s. Anybody grow up in the 70s and you ran the streets, right? Y'all run the streets? You just ran, right? Your town, your rules. You hop on the bike or whatever, you cruise. 30 years later, the man shows up at the same town and he observes families and he found that times had changed. Kids no longer ran the streets. But do you know it was fascinating? He actually looked at the crime rate. Nothing had changed. Do you know what changed? The perception of what could possibly happen. Kids no longer ran the streets. But do you know the only change was fear? fear held kids back from just cruising in freedom, living the life they were made for, figuring things out, getting skinned up a little bit, you know, maybe making some bad decisions and learning from them. Come on now. I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm not encouraging that. Relax. But the scripture says, here it is, perfect love casts out fear. Have you allowed God to love you perfectly, to really settle, to not have to know all the answers, but to say, hey, I'm willing to learn them for you? <gasps> come on now, come on. Oh, that, that was fire. To not have to know them, but to say, you know what? Do you need the answer? I'll find it. And to not try to just maneuver your way to look like you're something, maybe you're not, and it's okay not to be. Come on now. I'm here to serve you. I'm not gonna tell you some junk that's not true that I don't really know. I'm gonna tell you I don't know. Because guess what? I'm not measured by what I know. I don't got anything to prove you. But here's what I do know. Scales are balanced. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. You ever meet somebody like that? You're like, bro, I don't know. You don't have to know the answer. I just wanna be like you. Come on. Because they've had a heart change. They've had a heart change. Lord, change our hearts. In the Garden of Gethsemane, I think Jesus gives us the perfect life of how to face fear. If you're fearful today, and I spoke to your heart of saying like, this is like where you're at, and you're like, oh, that was me. Because <laughs> guess what? It's all of us. I'm speaking to the heart of man. Jesus experienced fear. He knows the cross is coming. And you know what he did? 
he didn't puff his chest and say, guys, I'm, I'm choosing no fear. I will not be afraid. And I will be bold and courageous and I will be forceful as I win, right? We love people like that who stand in battle and say, I will not be afraid and I will die no matter the cost. I love that person. I'm like, well, oh, I'll follow that guy to the death. He knows what he's talking about. Our nature loves that, by the way. Jesus didn't do that. It's true. Humbled himself and he said, gathered his closest friends. He said, y'all, I'm going through it. I need y'all to pray with me. And he goes into this garden and he says like he's, he's facing life to the point where he's sweating blood. Talk about fear, anybody? Anybody ever got to that kind of terror? <laughs> I don't need to make light about that, but it's like, that is some terror. And he's facing fear, gathers his friends. By the way, they don't pray with him. They fall asleep on him. They don't even come through. And he goes further, deeper into the garden. He pulls his closest friends in and he's praying and he's sweating blood and he's telling God the truth. Do you have a fear today? Tell God the truth and don't be afraid of it because he perfectly loves you. You don't have to hide from him anymore. And some of us put a facade up to God because we're still doing this in front of him. I am, I'm doing all right, man. I just, I'm good. He said, I did the work. Come to me, come to me. I love you. I just want to hear from you. I'm here to serve you. What do you need? What do you need? I'm here for you. It's God's character to love perfectly. Let him, let him meet you right where you are. Tell him what you're afraid of. And as he expresses his fear freely, he then begins to recognize and remember, I think, who and where his father is and what's been promised to him. And the promises are his. And so he's claiming those promises. And he goes, hey, but father, even if you choose not to remove this cup from me that I'm gonna drink, I choose to say not what I really want, but what you want. What do you want from me? I'm, I'm open and willing. Here I'll go but he works his way there in prayer. And if you find yourself not able to serve others, what's holding you back today? What's holding you back from carrying, carrying out the call and the law of Christ on your heart? What's holding you back today? That thing that's being identified that came, it's in your mind, it comes really quick and do not let it go. Grab it. Grab it. What holds you back most? Right there. It says, take every thought captive. Hold it. <laughs> now what you take that thought and you bring it to God in prayer and you say, I recognize this in my life. I don't have the ability to fix it. I'm asking you to. And I'm trusting you to be good enough to have fixed it. Take it there in, in prayer right now. Would you just bow your head with me? Would you take that thing? that thing, and if maybe you didn't get it and it went past you real quick, just say, Father, what's the thing? What's the thing that holds me back from stepping into my call, which is to serve others the way you have served and loved me? What's the thing holding you back? Tell him. Tell him. And maybe today you don't have a relationship at all and this is a brand new message for you. Praise the Lord, thank you for being here. I wanna tell you today that you could be made perfectly right with God right where you are right this second. 
And maybe you're sitting there, you're going, man, I need this. I need the scales balanced. And it's been weighty in my life. You can have scales balanced in your life today. Right where you are, would you just call out to a name? And would you just say, say, Jesus, I trust you to balance what I can't balance anymore. Bring him all that stuff that you feel like you're trying to balance. Bring it to him. Say, Jesus, start naming it. Give it to him. Give it to him. Give it to him. And then just say, God, would you, would you flood my heart with your presence to love you? Would you just, I, I receive that. This promise is for you. His name is Jesus. Just call out to the name, Jesus. I need saving today. I need saving today. Right where you are, just some, I need saving today. And he'll save you right now, right there. Be forgiven today by him. If you made that decision, come talk to me after this service. I'd love to talk to you. Father, each one of us in this room feels hindered at times, but I thank you so much that you're not hindered. I thank you so much that you serve us by giving your life for us. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Now, here's the promise we receive, the blessing. You were made to be a blessing to what? Go extend a blessing. Go be be blessed, receive it, have it. And now we're gonna go be a blessing. Let's respond by singing praise. Would you stand with me today as we receive that fresh and new and we just sing it back to him. We acknowledge his work in our lives and we thank him for it.